in the last chapter, Lily went and, and explored the basement and found that it was dry, not wet, and couldn't understand why her halmoni had lied about moving all the boxes upstairs because there was a flood. And then, later on, she hears something in the bathroom and she sees it's her grandmother at the toilet. Chapter 7 I try to process what I'm seeing, but it doesn't make sense. Not a monster at all, but Halmoni. Halmoni sick. Halmoni throwing up. Kids get sick all the time. Sam always tells me, you kids are made of germs. As if she's such a grown-up. But she's not wrong, because grown-ups aren't supposed to throw up. And Halmoni especially isn't supposed to throw up. Halmoni is so glamorous, and this is so gross. Halmoni has always been the queen of sleep. She goes to bed at 8.30, sets her hair in curlers and wraps it in a headscarf, wears a face mask, and sleeps for 12 hours. Nothing gets in the way of beauty sleep, except, I guess, this. A good granddaughter would help her. A good girl would bring her crackers and water and hold her hair. But for some reason, I don't move. As much as I try, I can't force my legs to work. Can't make my hand push the door open. I am not a good granddaughter. I feel like I've seen something I shouldn't have. Halmoni looks through the cracked open door and sees me. Too late, I try to switch on my invisibility, but Halmoni sees me. She always does. Lily, she croaks. The curlers in her black hair look like scales. I thought I hear you there. Her face is draped in darkness, and I can't tell what she's thinking. Is she upset with me? Angry that I'm sneaking around? Does she want me to leave? When I speak, I whisper, Are you okay? She flushes the toilet and stands up, stepping forward into the moonlight. The wrinkles around her eyes and lips are deeper than usual, but she looks healthy enough. If I hadn't heard her throwing up, I would have guessed it. Of course I'm okay. My whole family is here. That's even better than okay. But, my voice cracks, I clear my throat. Are you, are you sick? Oh, yes, Lily, only a little bit. How do you call it? A little beetle. Sometimes I think she mixes up words on purpose to make us laugh, to distract us. A bug, I clarify. She nods. Yes, little bug, but I am okay. I take a breath to calm down. Everybody gets the stomach flu, even Halmonis. Just a little beetle bug. Why you up? She asks. I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about the tiger. She looks at me for three long heartbeats, then holds out her hand. Come lie with me, she says. I tell you now. I tell you what I stole. Chapter 8 Hamoni takes me into her bedroom, and I curl up under the covers with her. In the dark, I scan the room. 
on her nightstand, as usual, framed photos of me, Mom, Sam. Also on her nightstand, new, a row of tiny orange pill bottles, a whole family of them. Before I can ask about them, she says, I stole stories. I suck in air, trying to understand, but it's a little hard. My grandmother stole stories from magical tigers. Not a whole lot of that makes sense. How do you steal a story, I ask? Hamoni is quiet for so long that I think maybe she's changed her mind about telling me. But she's just waiting, building suspense, and she takes my hand, traces my lifeline with her fingertip. She used to do this when I was little, to soothe me during the scary parts of her stories. Those stories come from a time before, long, long ago, when Tiger walked like man. I nudge closer to her, heart humming at those magic words. Those stories come from a time when the night is black, only darkness. And in the darkness, a princess lives in a castle in the sky. The princess is very lonely, so she whispers stories to the night, and those stories become stars. When Halmoni told us to reach up and grab a story from the sky, I always thought it was just a fun game. I never thought she meant it literally. The stars are made of stories. Yes, yes. Now listen, she shushes me and continues. The sky princess tells so many stories that the night that the sky fill with light. No more darkness anywhere. And the people on earth, down in villages, they so happy, no more night. I look out the window at the inky black and I shiver. No more night. Story magic was so bright and powerful that, of course, tigers want it. They go to very top of highest mountain, surround themselves with stars and guard the sky. Hamoni continues, and humans love those stories too, but I don't like some of the stories stars tell. Some of those stories are dangerous, some stories too dangerous to tell. I pause, but how can a story be dangerous? Hamoni wraps her arms tight around me. Sometimes they make people feel bad and act bad. Some of those stories make me feel sad and small. I bite my lip. The stories Halmoni told us always had happy endings. They were about clever girls and loving families and warrior princesses who saved the day. I hear my Halmoni cry when she tells me sad stories are Korean history, she says. I see my neighbors get scared. My friends get angry, and I think, why do we have to hear bad stories? Isn't it better if bad stories just go away? I swallow. That makes sense, I think. So, one quiet night, I take jars from my house and carry them up the mountain, tracking those tigers all the way to the caves. I am the littlest girl in the littlest village, and I am sneaky. I hide outside the caves and wait until the tigers fall asleep, until their snores echo through the land. And then I get to work, grabbing the stars, the bad stories in my fists, stuffing them into jars. And another thing that 
seems, it's an, another thing that seems impossible, but maybe the world is bigger than I thought. Maybe there's room for disappearing tigers and captured stars. <coughs> you stole the stars? I asked. Not all, but yes. I wonder what it would feel like to hold stars in my hands, if they would crumble like dust or shatter like glass, if they'd burn fierce and hot or sharp and cold. Hamoni continues. I seal jars up, then I tiptoe away from caves, so soft, hush, hush. Before I leave, I think I'd be extra safe. I make sure they don't follow. So I take rocks from the forest one by one and stack them at the mouth of the cave until they make a wall, big heavy wall, until the tigers trapped inside. I shudder, imagining the tigers clawing on the other side. I think no more bad stories, no more. I never want to hear them again, so I run away away from my little village, across the ocean, across the whole world, to a new place where I am safe from sadness. Hamuni's voice starts to fade as she gets sleepier. I steal the stars and I lock them away. How did you know, I ask, as I press my warm toes against her cold ones. How did you know you'd be okay? I don't, but I believe in me. When you believe, that is you being brave. Sometimes believing is the bravest thing of all. So everything turned out fine? Halmoni never talked much about how she came to the United States from Korea, and I never thought to ask. She is quiet for so long that I think maybe she fell asleep. Then she says, Nothing lasts forever, Lily. Tigers break free. The tiger's very angry. Now they coming for me. From the living room, I hear a creak, and I tense, but it's probably just mom shifting in her sleep. Hamuni presses her lips to my head, and her words work together, and she falls into dreams. They hunting me now. They don't stop hunting. <laughs>